Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. An ongoing conversation between expats about what it's like to live your life in a country overseas. I am here in Rome with Tiffany temporarily. I'm here for a year. Tiffany has been here for the last 10 years. And so those are the two perspectives that we're bringing to the table. And if you're noticing, if you're a regular listener, that again, the podcast sounds strange for the third week in a row, more echoey. That's because we are still at Tiffany's house as we were last week, because I still have visitors in town. And uh, rather than be awkward about it and kick everybody out of my house, say, go be free and wander, we decided that we would just come over to Tiffany's house and do it from here again. So hopefully it's not too echoey. Yes. Still sounds like we're in a palace. Let's just imagine that Tiffany lives in uh, the most amazing place in the entire world. Yes, yeah, so we're actually in a 2,000 square foot penthouse overlooking Spanish steps. Wow. Beautiful. I love it. Right above where uh, Keats died. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In the same building, actually. Oh, right. So anyway, uh, so that's the situation. And um, we are actually in a different room. We usually record this in the loft in my apartment, in my bed. So this this week we're sitting... In the bed or on the bed? On the bed. Sorry. On the bed. So this week we have decided to move into Tiffany's bedroom and try sitting on her bed. So let's see. We'll give it a go. I was thinking we could talk today about things like how you dress when you're an expat. Do you dress like the locals? Do you dress like your own countrymen? And other superficial things like that. Okay. The superficiality. How much you engage in what people culturally are doing, basically. Yeah, and how much you integrate and start picking up those habits. Again, not deep-rooted personal things, but things like how you dress, what you eat, what time you get up and go to bed at night. As an expat, do you start adopting those things in the country you live in, or do you resist and stick to your cultural customs? I get that. Uh, Well, one of the things I know I haven't changed yet, even though I've been here for quite some time now, I still, relatively speaking, eat lunch and dinner at the same time as an American. Which would be? Which would be around 11.30 noon for lunch. Wow, 11.30, that's early. Well, depending on when I get up. Of course. And then five, six, six thirty. Five? Which I will say that part of the reason I haven't changed this is because if you're eating at five thirty for dinner, you can get in anywhere. It could be the most popular restaurant in the whole city if it's open, of if course. It's open. Well that's what I was gonna say. If it's open, many restaurants will not let you in until seven thirty or even eight. But I've been finding that more and more must be. It's very rare when I encounter one that's not open. And you so, don't mind being the only person in the restaurant? Nope. <laughs> Food comes faster. There's a bunch of Americans around. <laughs> that's the best part, right? <laughs> uh, so that's one thing I haven't changed. I have changed what I eat, partly out of convenience, partly just because that's the way things are done here. So, And I've come to love a lot of the traditional Roman pasta dishes, but... When I lived in Seattle, Washington, pasta was the last thing I made ever. I'd be searching through the cupboard. Oh, I could do this. I could do that. Coming up with what the dinner plan was. And generally speaking, it was when the cupboard was nearly bare and there would be one jar of red sauce there, some dried pasta. And I'd be like, well, I guess it's spaghetti. Otherwise, I have to go to the store. 
and now of course you eat pasta every day in rome almost yeah some people don't but i i think that it's very easy to fall into that because it's convenient convenient it's cheap it's tasty Mm -hmm. they have better sauces here you know you could make your own and another thing i think that's changed is that in the united states i used to be in that mentality of quote-unquote healthy eating where you forego cheese sometimes you don't add cheese the salad is good enough as it is you don't add a bunch of cheese to it now i can't even eat a meal without cheese there's something missing there's always something missing if there's no cheese right and if there is no cheese then i'll cut up tomatoes with mozzarella and eat that afterwards so yes i have put on a few pounds since i moved here that's true but at the same time, I feel like I will have a whole different attitude towards dairy products when I get home. Yeah, I couldn't live without cheese. Probably couldn't live without pasta because it's so easy to make. And because, as you said, it's cheap and it's good. Do you get sick of it? Yes, I do. When I go to the States, I don't eat any pasta. I avoid it. Not only because it's not going to be as good, clearly, but also because I just i want to have something different in america one of the great things about it is that it has great variety in cuisine i remember the first time i think it was the first time i came home after moving to rome i would have been here 11 months straight without having left europe and i went straight to my dad's house after i got in still jet-lagged and unpacking and my stepmother said do you eat pasta i thought (laughs) are you kidding she said, I'm making ravioli. Do you eat pasta? So, oh, I was so disappointed. Was, was he newly married? Your father? No. They'd been married for 20 years. 25 years. A long time. I just shook my head. I said, well, you know, I live in Italy. Oh, right. Of course. She, she knew. But at the same time, she didn't think about it. So that was kind of disappointing. Let's say that that is one thing, again, that I have picked up. I will definitely say that my lunch hour is the Italian lunch hour and dinner hour. I Maybe that's not true. Maybe I can eat dinner as early as 7.30. Maybe 7. Very, very rarely. I would have dinner at 7. And lunch, usually 1. Again, very rarely, 12.30. But one thing I haven't changed, and I don't think I will ever change, is that I eat American breakfast. Cereal. I eat cereal. I eat toast with jam I mean, I'm not saying I eat all of these things every morning, but I also eat eggs for breakfast. Not very often, just because they take time to make, but a poached egg on toast, I mean, that's my ideal breakfast. And on Sundays, I sometimes make pancakes, very rarely, too rarely for my husband's liking. But to me, first of all, I don't drink coffee, but we'll get into that later. But a coffee and croissant will not do me for breakfast. That's just not breakfast to me. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I would like to feel that it was. One, I don't think it's enough food. No, it's absolutely not enough. No wonder you're eating breakfast at 1130 if that's all you eat. Well, how are people even doing that? You need to ask some of your Italian friends how they can take a shot of espresso and eat the lightest, fluffiest bread product in the world and then last until 1.30 or 2. I really don't know. I will. I'll ask my colleague at work tomorrow how she does it. But I think she has two breakfasts. I think that's the answer. Because I think she has breakfast at home, like maybe with some cookies. And then every morning around 10 o'clock, she goes down and gets a coffee and she gets out some pastry that she's brought with her. Maybe that's the secret that you have two breakfasts. I, I can't imagine another possibility of that. But no, I eat a big breakfast. I love my breakfast. Italians also eat breakfast standing up. <sighs> yeah, if you go to a, a coffee bar at 8 in the morning, 
in Italy, you will see everyone standing up at the bar, having their shot and downing it, and then having maybe a cornetto or some other type of pastry. And then they leave. And even my husband, he won't sit down at the table. And it's not, I mean, obviously, if you go to a bar, you might not sit down because they're going to charge you more. And I get that. But at your own house, if you don't sit down for breakfast, it means you really just not, it's not in your, it's not, uh, what's the word? It's not part of your it's not part tradition. Of your, yeah, it's not part of your routine. He'll stand up in the kitchen and we have a tiny kitchen. I mean, it's two square meters. So he'll stand up in the kitchen having his coffee and maybe a, piece of toast maximum and and I sit down at the table with a tablecloth and my teapot that you gave me for Christmas and my creamer full of milk and my cereal and maybe even something else on the side and my freshly squeezed orange juice and I sit with my book it's a sacred moment for me it's my favorite part of the day quite frankly I totally agree I wonder if that's a universal part of American culture something I never thought about on mornings when I find it particularly hard to get up, back when I actually had a job and was working and had places to be really early in the morning, uh, and those mornings when you just can't quite get up, where you're laying there and the alarm goes off and you think, oh my gosh, now I just got, you know, whatever, I can't do it. And then I would think, oh, I get to have breakfast. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. I get out of bed literally for my Earl Grey and for my freshly squeezed orange juice. That is what gets me out of bed. It's so funny. It's so true, though. It's really what gets me going. And if I had to just get dressed, walk out the door, run down the stairs, get off the train, and go grab a shot of coffee and stuff a cornetto down my throat on my way to the office, why would I even get up in the morning? No, I agree 100%. I think that there are some things that Italians do as far as eating that are very smart that Americans could learn from, as many, many articles and documentaries have said before me. The Mediterranean diet and all of this. But I also think that there are some major mistakes that they make. And I think one of them is their extremely sugary and very light breakfast, which does not really set you up to having an energetic day. And second thing is the eating very late, even though I do it because it's part of the culture, eating very late, unless you stay up very, very late, you're not going to digest your food. And another thing that they do, which is one of the things that I don't accept and haven't accepted, is eating fruit after dinner. What's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is that fruit is meant to go through your system very quickly. You digest it much more quickly than other food. And so if you eat it at the end, it's behind all of the other food and it can't go through your body as it should. And it, it starts to rot and break down in a not very good way. So really, if you're going to eat fruit, you're supposed to eat it by itself or at the maximum, you should eat it at the beginning. Interesting. And I always tell that to Italians when they start to roll their eyes at stupid mistakes that American tourists make, like drinking cappuccino with pizza or drinking cappuccino at all after 11 a.m. You're just It's a no-no. You're not supposed to drink cappuccino in the afternoon or, God forbid, at night. They, they make fun of us for certain things that we do. And, and I'd like to say, well, there's a few things you do that aren't very smart either. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, let's talk about clothes. What are the differences in how people here in Rome obviously there's expats all over the world that would have different views of this but we're coming to this from the point of view of Italy and Rome specifically how do Romans dress that differs from Americans and have you started dressing like an Italian or are you so ingrained are you still going to dress like an American 
Well, in my case, it, it, it's kind of like I don't have a choice. <laughs> I brought a certain number of clothes with me. And you didn't just buy yourself a whole new wardrobe when you got here? Via Condotti, man, they've got it all. Prada, Gucci, Versace. You just didn't go, go shopping? <laughs> I know, and I should have been. My sister, ever since she's been visiting, has said multiple times, why, <laughs> why don't I buy anything? Um, and part of that, it goes way back to our earlier discussion around episode one two about the language barrier getting better getting better but definitely still have problems asking for specific things i also always forget what my size is over here i do too don't worry i've been here for 10 years and i can't remember what my size is right and i don't have any money uh i'm not working and uh, my husband's here on a scholarship and that's a very limited scholarship so we are on a very tight budget so basically i'm wearing the same outfits every week or maybe putting them together slightly differently every week to keep it interesting. But I think it's a distinct possibility that when we get home to the States, every outfit, every item of clothing we brought to Italy will not only have holes in it, we may be inclined to burn it by then. I think we packed well. We haven't been missing anything weather-wise that we needed for hot or cold. We brought footwear where you can walk all day and uh, your feet don't absolutely kill at the end of the day. But we certainly are not keeping up for the style pressure of Italy, nor are we even trying to, I don't think. I don't keep up with it. I'm not a fashion person. I like nice things, of course, but I don't go crazy over the latest styles. I kind of feel like I'm almost always about two years two or three years behind the styles so don't worry you're not alone i'm usually 10 years behind you know i think i just got rid of some stuff i had in college hold on to that stuff because sooner it's later, coming back it will come back in style <laughs> the shoulder pads i think are back i think actually early 90s is coming back in which is a horrible horrible thought oh my gosh i was in the grunge era at that point so i don't know but what have you noticed Let's say you had, I'm not going to say an unlimited budget, but let's say you had enough money that you could go out and buy whatever you wanted, not, not necessarily at Gucci and Versace, but you could go to the mall and you could buy new clothes every two months. What styles that you see on the street would you follow and what do you think are hideous? Well, one of the things I like a lot is that women, no matter their age, wear tights. And <laughs> I don't like know why. That. I do like that. Wait, are you saying tights or leggings? Not leggings. Actual tights, like with a skirt. Yes, but they have all sorts of patterns. You see fishnet more here. You see different colors that you don't see in the United States. Kind of maroon colors. Oh, Tiffany, just <laughs> we're in your bedroom. Now, please describe these to I us. I just pulled up. I happen to be a tights aficionado. Uh, oh, good. I, I've come to the right place. Yes, I love tights. I have. There's a few. I'm not, a, like I said, I'm not a clothes person. But I'm an accessories person. And my accessories of choice are tights, hats, and scarves. Those are my things. I will keep my clothes very simple often, but I will have some amazing tights or an amazing scarf. I just pulled out a pair of tights while she was uh, saying this, and they are four colors. They're bright turquoise, teal, black, and a kind of um, military green. What would you say? And they're squiggles. Those three colors in squiggles. They are four colors. Four, sorry. Those four colors in squiggles all the way down the leg. They're very loud. They're very noticeable, but they're very fun. I wouldn't wear this with a brightly colored 
outfit. I would wear this with a jean skirt and a black sweater. You're right. They do wear cool tights here. Well, and they do it well. I think that's the one thing I've contemplated having you help me shop for. And she's nodding her head. So we're doing. <laughs> yes, because I need some new tights too. So we, we're going to go to Chalcedonia. Yeah. So we'll do that. I also, I don't know that I need them, but I really like what the glove shops look like around here. They have all the little fluffy pillows on the counter so you can put your elbow on it while somebody fits your hand with gloves. I just love how old-fashioned that is. It's not find your own gloves in the back of the Target in a big pile. It's <laughs> look at all these special gloves and fancy colors. And um, that appeals to me, not in the sense that I actually need gloves because I have two pairs here with me. They appeal to me in that old-world sense, I guess. First, they ask you what you want, and there's so many choices. There's three trillion colors and then you've got the choice of all the different linings from cashmere to silk to wool to what have you and they bring them out the one you want and they put this little wooden thing inside to open up the fingers for you because usually the what the gloves you're trying on have never been touched before and yeah you put your elbow down and they they put it on for you and measure it and make sure it's right and uh and it is fun so we should do that italy has a lot of shops that are very specific like a glove shop or a shop that only sells tights and socks. There's a few shops around there, and I've got to take a picture of one. It only sells, or it seems to only sell from the window outside, tassels. I don't know if you've seen this. There's one near the Pantheon. No. <laughs> yes. You know those tassels that you, you put on your curtain tie, or you can put them on a key or, or the pull of a drawer, the little tassels that hang down? That's the, all they sell. Wow. <laughs> wow. And there's a light bulb store around the corner from my house. Yep. There's a light bulb store. There's stores that just sell crystal for chandeliers. Very oh, specific. I'd like to go to that store. Very, very specific. So, but back to fashion. Because I feel like Italians, and I'm not trying to group them all together, but essentially that's what I'm doing. Italians are very trendy. They follow trends. And I think I'm very, very shy to follow a new trend because I feel like I'm going to look ridiculous if I put on, you know, you see a model wearing it, but you think, okay, but I wouldn't put that on. You know, I remember about six years ago, six or seven years ago, the trend was huge, enormous glasses. And I remember the first person I saw wearing those glasses, I laughed inside. I thought they look ridiculous. Lo and behold, two years later, I'm wearing the big, stupid, ridiculous glasses. But did I have the courage to put them on when the trend was new? No. They have that courage. They have the courage to wear the pants where the crotch goes down to your knees. Personally, I will never wear those pants. I do not care how popular they become. But, you know, the Italians are the ones wearing those things first. You have to give it to them to have the courage to do that. But nothing I wear is excessively trendy, no. Yeah. And just going back to how much you decide to follow these cultural norms of eating or dressing or, or whatever it is, how do you decide what you're going to do and what you're going to remain American about? I don't know if you decide. I think it's just, I think it just happens. There are certain things that you like or dislike strongly enough that no matter where you are, you're not going to change. For me, it's coffee. I have never liked coffee. I grew up in Seattle, the coffee capital of the U.S., never liked coffee. And they moved here. Oh, well, when you live in Rome, then you'll drink coffee. I'm the only, one of the only people that I know in Rome or in Italy in general who doesn't drink coffee. But it's a personal thing. I just don't like it. And it doesn't matter if it's the best. 
I feel the same about beer. Oh, well, you're in Amsterdam. You're going to love the beer here. Well, no. You're in Prague. You're going to love the beer here. No, I just don't like beer and I don't like coffee. And it doesn't matter where I live. I will never like those things. But other things, I think if you have a less strong gut reaction to, you might pick up. Isn't that funny? Because I, um, just to end as a coffee thought, when I lived in Seattle, I would only drink black coffee. When I first started drinking coffee, I thought if I don't like how it tastes, then I'm not going to drink it. But since I got to Rome, I do stop for a cappuccino from time to time. And I would have never put milk in my coffee until I got here. And I don't know what caused that change. And I think that when I go back to the United States, I don't imagine that I'm going to be out there going ordering cappuccinos left and right, even though I do live in Seattle in the coffee mecca. I still am probably not going to do that. But something about the culture here and the cappuccinos, I've taken that up. Well, can I suggest that it might possibly also be because if you're ordering black coffee in Italy, it's tiny. But they'll make Americanos. Yeah, but is it the same? Is it really the same as American co- drip coffee? No. There you go. So true. So true. Well, Tiffany, we could go on the, this tangent forever, <laughs> but we have to leave it there. All right. That's the way it is. Time limits. We try to give you a life outside of hearing us talk, and that's why we keep it limited. Visit our website and leave us a comment, thebittersweetlife.net, and you could also rate us on iTunes so that more people find us. And tell a friend. Let's spread the word. You expats out there, you non-expats out there, you people who will never, ever even consider the idea of expat living, fine. Tell a friend. And also, especially those of you who dream of one day becoming an expat. Yes, because what is this discussion but to see the world in a slightly different way? I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Barks. This is The Bittersweet Life. See you next time. (laughs) 